Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Yibbity, yibbity, yibbity up. My name is Adam Jones, mate. Today, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. Um, the definitive work on self-esteem by the leading pioneer in the field. Self-proclaimed. It probably is, yeah. But yeah, big old Nathaniel Brandon, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. He's written a couple of other books about self-esteem prior to this. Uh, so, I don't know, I guess, yeah, self-proclaimed, but... Probably is. Leading pioneer in the field. Yeah, we'll, we'll believe you. It's yeah. a good book. It was a solid book. When was this book? This is about the 90s? Some, yeah, sometime in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, 1994. And obviously before that, he had a, a whole bunch of other ones in the in the 80s. Yeah. Seems like he had about, yeah, six other books. And this is the, the mother of all these books. It this brings it be. all together. And, uh, yeah, so it's just all his work on self-esteem. Yeah. So... Um, he says that the turbulence of our times demands strong selves with a clear sense of identity, competence, and self-worth. Um, and yeah, what is, what is self-esteem? So self-esteem is the confidence in ability to think and cope with the challenges of life. So it's also the confidence in our right to be successful and happy and the feeling of being worthy, deserving, uh, in, entitled to assert your needs and wants, achieve your values and enjoy the fruits of our... I've got women there, but that was... Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't make sense then at all, but... Yeah. <laughs> How do we go there? So I've got here... He changes the definition a couple of times throughout yes. the book, sort of. But So in the intro, he says, yeah, I think you said this, confidence in our ability to think um, and cope with the basic challenges of life and confidence in our right to be successful and happy, being worthy. I think that's exactly what you said, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. So... With the self-esteem, you're more likely to persist in the face of difficulties and you're more likely to, uh, you're less likely to give up without trying your best. So with, with self-esteem, you're more likely to persevere and, and hence succeed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he says there's also a continuous feedback loop between actions and self-esteem in that our self-esteem guides what actions we take and those actions, uh, then whether we succeed or fail, would then uh, impact upon our self-esteem, self-esteem impacts actions and so on, just continuously, um, in re- yeah, reciprocally uh, impacting upon each other. That's right. So it definitely has a, it has a huge impact on your life, self-esteem. If you yeah. if you don't have it, your goals are going to be you know, next to zero. You're going to have very lim- limited goals. Whereas yeah. if you've got high self-esteem and we've reviewed the magic of thinking big, there's really no... No, uh, no real obstacles. If you've got high enough self-esteem and big goals, you can probably you can probably get to them. Yeah, exactly. And he says that having this self-esteem, uh, I guess, affects pretty much every aspect of our existence. He says, so how you operate in the workplace, how you interact with people, your spouse, children, friends, what level of happiness you attain, how high you aim, how high you're likely to rise, how much you achieve, um, everything. Yeah. So yeah, love it. That's uh. A quick introduction into the book. So he also says another thing is uh, self. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So whatever yep. your self-esteem is, uh, if you got the high self-esteem, you're going to achieve those high goals. You got the high beliefs in yourself. That's probably where you're going to end up. Yeah. And same with the low self-esteem. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one he says is that if you've got poor, uh, an indication that you've got poor self-esteem is probably feeling a need to put others down. Or specific groups put them down as less worthy or less deserving than you. Yeah, it's probably a sign that you've got um, poor self-esteem. That's right. 
So in a world in which the total of human knowledge is doubling every 10 years, our security can rest only on our ability to learn. So self-esteem is also linked in the ability to learn, to, to perhaps going into that, that growth mindset, believing that you can actually, everything is learnable, that has self-esteem at its core. Yep. Without the self-esteem, you'll just think you're, you're fixed or where you are is fixed and you can't get anywhere just because, yeah, you, you don't have the, the ability or drive to move. Yeah, he says that's the highest of importance, the ability to learn. So it ties very nicely into the growth mindset. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, he says uh, we get a sense of pride uh, and our pride comes from, uh, essentially pride is the emotional reward of achievement. Um, and so he says that's uh, tied very strongly to, to self-esteem as well. So uh, we'll get stuck into the pillars? Uh, there's a fib. Uh, man, I reckon there's fib a fib more intro. Fib yeah. <laughs> <Get> in. <laughs> um, so he says self-esteem is a combination of self-efficacy and self-respect. So self-efficacy is a confidence in your mind and your abilities and that confidence in yourself to... Think, understand, learn, choose, make decisions, grow, uh, and then self-respect is, I guess, an assurance in your own values, um, an affirmative uh, attitude, uh, feeling that you've got the right to live, you've got the right to be happy. So that self-respect for yourself. Yeah. Um, so they sort of combine to make self-esteem. Yeah. So he he thinks that uh, he says that self-esteem is like the a bit like an immune system for. Uh, yeah. So he says the immune system of consciousness. So providing uh, resistance, strength, and capacity for regeneration. So when you get rejected or if you fail, just self-esteem that is the immune system against these things that are going to get you down. Yeah, for sure. I've got three other quick tidbits before we get into it. Um, Firstly, he says, uh, finding the truth is far more important than being right. And a lot of people with poor self-esteem want to be right all the time and want to to, uh, pump themselves up by being right. Whereas if you've got high self-esteem, you're okay with being wrong, you'd rather know the truth. Yep. Um, another big one is that self-esteem comes almost purely from internally, a little bit of external, but most of it is, uh, it's, I guess it's up to us. And the other thing I liked, which ties very strongly into one of the 13 things uh, mentally strong people don't do, um, is he says that a lot of people come to him and say, oh, I've accomplished so much, why am I proud of myself? Uh, and I guess that comes down to who chose those goals. So we spoke uh, about, you know, if you've got a big house and making lots of money and nice fancy cars, but maybe you're not proud of yourself because they weren't true to your values. They weren't your definition of success. That was what society thrust upon you that yeah. you felt that you should. Love it. So that's a pretty good segue into uh, the six pillars. Or you got yeah, one. no, no, that's it. So time for the, six the practice of living consciously, which I think ties in nicely is, are you conscious of your own direction, your own goals, yep. and your own values, and and what you're doing? Does it does it match it? So he reckons, or he says that all forms of spiritual traditions or religions or whatever explain that the most human beings are sleepwalking through their existence, mm. and enlightenment in all these traditions is identified with waking up. So yeah. it's basically just being aware of some aspect of reality or some blockage or whatever or what you're doing just just knowing what you're doing basically yeah mate that's sleepwalking or as seth godin said in tribes that we reviewed sheepwalking that mm. yeah a lot of people are just following the herd meandering through life and just yeah sleepwalking through our own existence yeah um whereas we need to find that level of consciousness uh and that feeling of our own i guess response we're, we're responsible for our own reality yeah 
That's right. So some things of living consciously or practice of living consciously is living in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, distinguishing like what's fact so you can think critically mm-hmm. about what's happening, uh, noticing and confronting impulses to avoid or deny painful or threatening realities. Yep. Commitment to growth, uh, being willing to accept and acknowledge new and re-examine uh, old assumptions. Yeah, nice. Mate, a lot of those sound very Buddhist principles, don't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah, bang on. Um, he says that procrastination is is our way of avoiding consciousness. Um, and he says we need to remove our expectations and we might feel that we're supposed to do certain things or certain things are supposed to happen. Um, whereas just because we feel someone else has uh, influenced, influenced us into feeling that it's supposed to doesn't necessarily mean that it should. Yeah. And we need to find our own consciousness. You said everyone's capable of expanding their own consciousness as well yeah. with so, a few simple techniques. So, yeah, you, usually deep down you know if you, you know, there's an uncomfortable conversation you're meant to have or an action you're meant to take. It's really being conscious that you're, yeah, you're, that you're avoiding it and then, and then we'll get into the courage part later and then yeah. having, having that to be able to act on it. Yeah, the other thing, he, he, he's he got these actions here, which I don't think we'll go into, but he uh, he's some, what is he, some kind of therapist, I guess? Yeah, something like um, But yeah, so he, sentence completion, he's a big fan of sentence completion. So say, living consciously to me means dot, 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 and you have to fill in the, the rest of the sentence. But yep. there's a, a whole bunch of those, which I don't think we'll go into. Yeah, nah. Um, <laughs> you weren't a fan. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Just that part. Good book. Good but, uh, yeah, so... The second pillar? Yep, second pillar. Uh, practice of self-acceptance. Yep. So you've got three levels. Level one, self-value, that you are alive and conscious, so just realizing that you know, you've got a right to be yeah. alive. Being on your own side, he says, being for yourself, you know, sticking up for yourself, not to other people, just within your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got next level is level two, so... You got the willingness to experience without denial. Think what we think and feel. Desire what we desire. Uh, just know what you've done, what you've done, and don't refuse any part of it, whether it's good or bad. Just accept everything you've yeah. about yourself, and uh, yeah, don't deny any of it. Yeah, spot on. Um, what does he say? He says here, I cannot forgive myself for an action I will not acknowledge having taken. So just yeah, be true to yourself. What you've done, what you feel, what you think, what you've experienced. Yeah, is what it is. Accept yourself. Experience yourself. And then level three, which is went a little bit over my head, but compassion to self, understand what you did. There are underlying reasons for what you did. Mm-hmm. So it's like if someone else stuffed you around or you know punched you in the face or something. <laughs> if you compassion in that case would be understanding. All right, that person who punched me in the face, he's probably been abused by his father at home and whatever. There's there's always underlying reasons. Yeah, but it's understanding that about yourself. You got these underlying reasons that made. You do what you did, whether yeah. it's good or bad. So having compassion toward whatever you did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he says just being your own friend, I guess. Being your friend, you don't have to accept what you've done, but just understand why. Yeah. Um, and so the distinction he has between self-esteem is, I guess, what you experience in your mind. Self-acceptance is something you can consciously do uh, to accept yourself. Uh, and he also says there's two fallacies that people fall into. He says that acceptance is very different to approval. So just because you accept that you that someone's done something doesn't mean you approve of that something, but you can accept it still. And the other thing is if you accept yourself and what you are and what you've done, 
doesn't conflict with you wanting to change and improve yourself. Yeah. So yeah, you can accept it, but still not approve it. And you can also accept it, but still want to change and improve. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, pillar three. Pillar three. Practice of self-responsibility. So this is all about just having that sense of control. Mm. Taking about that sense of control. Um, you're responsible for your own actions. You're responsible for achieving the goals. You're, you're responsible for setting your own goals and then you're responsible for taking action to achieve those goals. Yeah, that's right. So no one owes you anything in the world. It's all mm-hmm. it's all up to you if you want to go out and, and get shit done. Yeah. So he says every every organization has two types, those who wait for somebody else to provide the solution and those who take responsibility yeah. and just, just go and do it. Yeah, and he says that corporations only work because of that second group, yep. the ones that are willing to take responsibility and do it. It's a it, it's empowering, putting life back in your own hands, being active um, rather than just passively. I guess again, yeah. sleepwalking. Yeah, that's right. So it's probably it's much easier though. If something goes wrong, just blame it on yourself. Oh, sorry, blame it on someone else or have an excuse. Yeah. Whereas taking responsibility, you're taking some kind of responsibility or blame, so then you can uh, act upon it and, and do something a bit better. Mate, tell us about no one is coming. Yeah. So that's a this comes up quite a bit. It's just like. If you don't have this self-esteem, you might go around thinking that if you wanted something to happen, it's just going to get done in the future. Someone will come and magically things will just happen, whereas that's never going to happen. So with this pillar, mm. you've got to realize that no one is coming. If, if you want something, it's up to you to get it. And yeah. That's all it comes down to. So. Yeah, for sure. You said no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to make your life right. No one is coming to solve your problems. If you don't do something, nothing is going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's it. Yeah. Yeah, like comes up in most books. I'd say that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fourth pillar. Self assertiveness. Uh, this was a. Um, I sort of missed this one a bit. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. I don't know. I hope. Hopefully, you're a bit more across it. Yeah, but basically, so as, a, as by way of definition, he says, uh, self assertiveness means honouring my wants, needs, and values, and seeking appropriate forms of their expression in reality. Yeah. So it's basically bringing yourself into the world is like stepping onto the platform of life and just getting involved and uh, understanding that your values or whatever your thoughts are, they have weights and you're, and you are capable. So just being assertive with who you are, mm. jumping on board and just don't being a little, little bitchy pushover, basically. <laughs> New age wimp. New age wimp, As yeah. uh, the, the way the superior man would put it. Yeah. So he <laughs> says courage is vital in order to be uh, self-assertive. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, a few of the quotes I've pulled out here says, my life does not belong to others and I am here on this earth. Uh, I'm not here on this earth to live up to someone else's expectations. So yeah. I think that ties into what you were saying, having the courage to go out and do things for yourself. Yep, that's right. Uh, fifth pillar. Yep. Practice of living purposefully. Mm-hmm. So do not live with hope or wish stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, do or not do, there is no try. Yeah. You know? That's... Yoda, isn't it? <laughs> the Yoda quote. The big Yoda. <laughs> so to live without purpose is like to live by the mercy of chance. So if you don't living, not living a purposeful life, you're living like a cork floating on water with no initiative or no purpose. You're just like flailing around with the with the wind, kind of thing. Yeah, he says. Sure. Yeah, uh, this tie. You said this ties a lot into productivity. And I guess you going out there doing stuff and bringing things into existence, creating something out of nothing, whether that's ideas, art, businesses, money, whatever it is, creating something. Yeah. Um, and a really important factor of that is is self-discipline. 
So organizing your own actions and behavior over, uh, over a period of time. So yeah, it's important to, yeah, to live purposely, live purposefully, do the things that uh, will contribute to that purpose yep. regularly over time. Yeah, that's right. So that, that ties into like uh, how you allocate your time. So, uh, so making sure that how you allocate your time and your calendar matches with your, your values and your, and your goals. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Again, he said here, if you don't do something, nothing is going to change. Yep. Sixth pillar. Practice of personal integrity. Yep. So integrity assumes increasing our importance with our uh, self-assessment. Mm-hmm. So if with personal integrity, if you're going to say you're going to do something, have have the integrity to yourself that you're going to do what you set out yeah. to do. Yeah, for sure. So don't If you have all these big goals, make sure you're better off having, I guess, little projects or little goals that you get done to build up your personal integrity to yourself before you take on the big stuff, as opposed to you have these huge projects or goals or ambitions, but you never take an action toward it, you, you don't really have integrity to yourself. They're just like floating, floundering ideas. Yeah, exactly. He says, to have this personal integrity, our behavior has to be congruent with our professed values. So what we believe and what we tell other people we believe, our behavior has to match that. Our ideals have to match our practice. And if they don't, we lose um, integrity in our own mind. It's what This is a lot about what we think about ourselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah. How we how we view ourselves. Yeah, that's huge. Mm. So yeah, they're the six pillars. Six pillars. Um, big, uh, big fan. They go. There's essentially summarise them. Yep. Because I forgot them, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so, living consciously, self acceptance, self responsibility, self assertiveness, living purposefully, and personal integrity. And he says these are all reciprocal with self esteem. So having higher self esteem will help you live more purposefully. And living more purposefully will build your self-esteem yep. um, for all six of those. That's right. So, and he also, the, notice the chapter titles are the practice of. So yeah. with everything, it's it's something you so do true. actions with and you, you act like that. And it's uh, a positive feedback loop. So the more you act like that, the more self-esteem you get, letting you to act more like that and so yeah. on. So. And as you can see as well, this is all internal. These are all things that you can do, you have control over, um, and that will in turn... Um, boost your self-esteem yeah so yeah they're all yeah very interlinked i'd say living conscious being conscious of your own self-esteem mm. is probably the yeah the starting point and then knowing you have to work on a few things yeah for sure um yeah mate i thought this i thought this is pretty good this is actually we've probably only done half the book there's yeah a, there's a second half after this but we won't get into but yeah. that first half was was good the six yep. pillars and the intro yep. was good spot on so the the second half of the book is or the the end part is like Children's self-esteem and in the schools and the work, psychotherapy and culture. Yeah. So more external things that do matter and yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we like the pillars the best. Yep, definitely. Uh, so I'd say this book's for um, just for most people, I guess. Yeah. 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 Most people, I'd say. Um, yep. Self, self-esteem self is important. Oh, definitely. No doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. So if this is the best book on self-esteem and self-esteem's like vital importance yep. and it's pretty valuable worth a valuable read. book I'd say yep yeah nice so uh time for a song should we sing it yeah sing it sing it the six pillars of self esteem Nathaniel Brandon you gotta be aware of your conscious acts 
live consciously. Live in the moment, distinguish the facts, notice and confronting impulses, avoid the not painful, threatening reality. Practice self-acceptance. Oh. Level one, level two, level three. Level three, compassion to self-understand whatever you did. There is underlying reason to do it. Practice self-responsibility. To feel competent and worthy of happiness, I need a sense of control over my motherfucking existence. Practice self-assertiveness. Jump in the game of life. Don't be a little cock floating around up to someone's ass. Practice living purposefully. Take responsibility for one's goals and purposes. Make sure your time is allocated to the shit you want to do. Practice personal integrity. When we go against our values, we lose faith, faith, faith in our own lives. My name's Nathaniel Brandon. I'm the world's leading pioneer of self-esteem. You're a motherfucking legend, Nathaniel. Tell me, teach me. There's six pillars. Oh. Pillars in.